MPI Paranormal Radio. The truth is to be found. An internet radio show dedicated to the open discussion of different paranormal topics by military paranormal investigations. Our aspiration is to research and discover the possibilities of scientific reasons to a field of study which many do not believe to be supported by facts. Military Paranormal Investigations is not affiliated to any branch of the military. We are a science-based paranormal research organization of active duty and retired military members, dependents, and or friends located out of Wichita Falls, Texas. Recorded or live, broadcasting with Shoutcast on multiple websites to get the maximum reach. Now, here are your hosts, members of the MPI team. Good evening and welcome to Military Paranormal Investigations Radio. My name's Mike. I'm Rob. And I'm Jeff. Welcome to tonight's show. I think we got a pretty good show for you, but as always, I want to stress that we are not related to any branch of the military. If you guys haven't listened to us before, but we want to invite you to take a look at our websites, our Facebook, our Twitter. First of all, this podcast, and uh, you can find it on Podbean at Military Paranormal Investigation or... Just type in Military Paranormal. There you go. You can do that too. And if you haven't noticed, we actually got two new subscribers to our podcast. We got a Slippy Ferret, <laughs> 007, and uh, Hunter White 01. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe Hunter White 01 is your son. Hey, that is correct. And, uh, Used to be a uh, junior member. Yep. Yep. He? he wanted to do some more, but he leaves for the Army this weekend. Yeah. Going to have another one joining the ranks. There you go. I like that. You can uh, contact us if you have any questions about the show or want to suggest any topics or anything. You can contact us at radio show at militaryparanormal.com. You can also find us on militaryparanormal.com. That's www.militaryparanormal.com. And we just recently got our online forms back up. So if you need contacts to request a certain haunt or uh, UFO page, that's the other one that's up right now, you can go right onto our website, fill out the information, hit the submit button, and we'll send an email right to us. So you can get a hold of us that way as well. And on our website, we also have our form. That section allows you to post questions about paranormal ideas, thoughts. So just log on, register, and become a member of the form. Yeah, and with registering, just to let you know, we're trying to weed out all the bad seeds. So when you do register, your first three posts have to be approved by an administrator before it will actually post. But after that, you'll become a registered member, and you'll be able to go ahead and post without having us to approve that. You can find us on Facebook at uh, Military Paranormal, just one word. You can also find us on Twitter at MPI underscore Paranormal. And you can find us on our YouTube channel, Military Paranormal, one word again. And please like or subscribe to us, because if we get 100, we'll get our own URL. And that way, all you have to type in is YouTube, Military Paranormal, and you won't have to try and search for us. That's right. I, you know... Guys, I, I'm really excited of the way the show's gone. You know, our likes and our views are, are actually taking off. I, I think it's going to be really good. So tonight's show, I think we hopefully we can hook a little more. Tonight we're going to have a, kind of a brief overview of the different classes of paranormal. Now, this was brought to us by one of our mm -hmm. our subscribers. They they made a suggestion. Hey, can you kind of go over what what different paranormal realms that there are? You know, how, how do you classify something as paranormal? So we thought we would talk about that. So first up, we'll have ghosts or spirits that that area of paranormal. Right, and then we'll have our favorite uh, ET or aliens, extraterrestrial, and UFO sightings. And we'll also look at those that have psychic abilities or ESP. And then we'll have our uh, cryptids, our cryptozoology uh, area, which is where your Bigfoot or your Chupacabra or that kind of stuff for, uh, is classified. Pretty much any animal that is not... An accepted uh, science form. Exactly. Wow. I'm, I'm really, really excited. I mean... 
we've been trying to do this for two, three years now, and it's starting to go places. And I think that this one right here, the different classifications of paranormal, will really go where it needs to be. I hope y'all have to work with me tonight. I got a fighting off a little cold there. If I cough, I'll try to. That's keep why we're trying to keep our distance from you. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Smart, he's on the other side of the table over there. So I guess the only way to talk about the different classifications is describe what is paranormal. Where did that word come from? What's the history behind it and stuff like that? You have everything that's normal out there. And then anything that's not normal would be classified as paranormal. Yeah, that's been around since about the 20s. I think it's overused nowadays, but I think that uh, in our area, I think it's a good terminology for describing what we do in our investigations. Okay, now that we've heard a little bit of the meaning of paranormal, let's go into the first topic we want to talk about is ghost or spirits. Rob, can you give us a definition of where the term ghost came from? Yeah, the term ghost actually comes from the old uh, English ghast. It's part of Old Dutch from German origin geist. G-E-I-S-T. And basically it means spirit or soul. What it means, spirit or soul, you would have to think that it would have to do with some sort of Christianity background. Some sort of influence there. I would think so. From, right. from that area, I think, right. is kind of what's got the belief that an entity can manifest a visual appearance as a misly figure. That, too, is based on faith. And can we use science to prove that could be possible? Is, I, is I, I do believe we could with the different theories that are out there. Because, I mean, what's the apparition? Well, in our last week's radio show, Mike and I was talking about our experience where we saw a mist. Right, and we captured that on our equipment and everything. So I think that the equipment's getting there to be able to, where we can definitely classify that that way, that way one day. Right, if it's the belief that an entity can manifest a visual appearance out there, that would have to be based on kind of a faith thing too. But I think science can actually prove how a mist is formed. You're right, I mean a mist is formed when... Uh you know, you can get a mist from when atmosphere cools rapidly. Exactly. Uh, you know, you have fog and those sorts of things. Yeah. We've experienced cold spots. We've experienced temperature drops and that sort of stuff. So when you have something there that's using the energy that's in the area where you're at, and it sucks all the energy out, and the temperature drops because the energy, uh, heat is a form of energy. So it pulls that out, and then the mist forms. I think that science is a definite class. So where, where does that energy go? I mean, because that's the big thing. They're saying that an apparition is energy. Well, where does that energy come from? Right. Energy is created, it never... The laws of physics says that it can't be created nor destroyed. It can only be transferred from one form to another. Right, kind of like food is converted to energy that we that we eat there. The food isn't destroyed. It, right, it turns into kinetic energy. Right. It allows us to run and jump. And that's basically known as the first law of thermodynamics, which is talking about the conservation of energy. It basically says that an energy of a closed system must remain constant. It can neither increase nor decrease without interference from the outside. Basically, put energy converts from one form to another. Chemical energy is a form of potential energy stored in not molecular chemical bonds. And that energy is the energy that's stored within our body cells. Right. So where I was talking about how it changes from one form, changes into kinetic energy, goes from a chemical to a kinetic energy. So it's constant out there. It stays out there. So when a person dies, where does that energy go? So if that's the theory that they're saying is manifesting itself into an apparition, then technically, yes, if it has enough energy to pull on those molecules to change the air, the water vapors that are in air already you would start to see sort of a mist form. Yeah. So, in theory, science can prove that an apparition could possibly show itself with the energy that's out there. Right. Which is what you probably saw, which is what I probably saw from our last episode. So, can it? Yes, I, I think it could. Another way, like you were talking about how we captured that mist on our video cameras. Well, 
we can capture stuff with the different types of audio equipment. Um, like when we wrote at Fort Richardson, the footsteps oh, that right. we heard. Right. So our audio captured the footsteps. Right. Even though you heard it, I heard it. The audio was still out there to capture it. Right. I think we have some maybe some EVPs coming up later on where where uh, <laughs> you, you hear something talking in the uh, in the background. You know, we didn't hear that in there because if we all if we would have obviously we'd have all cracked up. We would have cracked up laughing. We cracked up laughing here and now. Once again, if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, there's a hot spot that we go to when we need to get our paranormal fix, if you would. This building, whatever's in it, does not like me at all. Um, I'm not going to get into too much about those, but the EVPs are from this location. That, that's all I'll say. So you'll have to stay tuned when we get into it, and we'll play those for you. And we chuckle. I'm, I'm sure you will as well. The other types that we can get picture footage. Now, granted, there's a lot of people out there that do photography and know how to fake a photo. We've had some people submit stuff to us to where it was fake. And with the programs that we have, we were able to find it out. If you ever need to find out what was made with the program, just look for a, an EXIF file. It's E-X-I-F. It's the back end of a photo, and it'll tell you anything and everything about that photo. When it was taken, what camera it was taken, what the shutter speed was, if it's been altered. And so, if it's missing information, more than likely that photo has been altered at some point in time. If it doesn't have the information in there about when it was taken and that sort of stuff, more than likely it's probably had some altering in there. Yeah, you always want to have an original photo. You don't ever want to get a copy one. Someone that has a photo, because we had people send us photos all the time, and we would go scan them in, but it's not an original. You need to have the original copy, whether it be digital or real in your hands. Um, you know, another thing, you know, we take baseline readings when we go to an investigation. And like we were talking earlier at the one investigation we were at, we experienced a 13-degree temperature drop. Right. Well, those baseline readings help us determine that. So if you take one particular piece of the puzzle, you may not be able to classify something as paranormal or this was a ghost. But when you put the puzzle together and you throw in that we had... Our baseline readings showed a 13 degree temperature drop. At the same time, our cameras caught a mist, our laser breaking, and an EVP caught on the file. Yeah, then you have some hard footage right. to where you could classify it then as possible right. evidence. But anything we get, it's always footage. It's nothing is evidence, evidence, evidence. You can have a single EVP. Just because you have a single EVP doesn't mean the place is anything. It's like we had one long time ago that we thought for sure was an EVP. But with the newer advancements in programming and software, we were able to filter out all the background noise and it turned out it was one of our members. Right. So, But we'll take that stuff and we'll develop our hypothesis of what's actually happening there. But again, it's only footage. It's not something that we're going to say that is 100% this, that, or the other. Right. That's like anytime someone calls us ghost hunters... No, we're not a ghost hunter. I, I loathe that word. Ghost Ghostbuster. Oh, my goodness. And Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, I remember when we first started this out, we had a radio show call us. The music they had going to us was the theme from Ghostbusters. Oh, I was so upset with that one. I was like, really? Yeah, granted, our, we're getting out it's there. It's a good movie. It's a good, <laughs> it's a good movie, and they're going to be coming out with another one with all-female crew. I can't wait to see that one. I will admit. But... To have us associated with that music, I didn't think that was right for us, and that's probably why I haven't done another radio interview. Granted, it was Joe that did it, but still, yeah, I'm not a ghost hunter. I'm a paranormal investigator. Right. I'm checking out claims of paranormal activity. There you go. Some of the hypotheses out there are ghosts real. What do you think? I don't, you know, I think personally, I think that they are. 
I do bring a religious background to things. We talked about earlier it has its roots in Christianity. I mm-hmm. do believe there's probably some aspect of that to it. I also believe there's a scientific, the laws of physics and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I believe that when energy, when someone dies, I believe that that energy has to go somewhere. And I do believe it can be left imprinted in a place as far as, you know, when, when we talk about um, residual haunts and things like that. I do believe that it's there. You know, we've captured things. I tell people this all the time. I have people that say, you know, why in the heck? I don't believe it, but hey, that's your thing. I tell people this all the time. Until you have your experience, (laughs) there is nothing that I can say or do to convince you that ghosts may be real. When you have that one experience that can that cannot be explained by yes. all, and, and we're going to get into this later. You know, when when I when I'll tell my story sometime of why I got into this, I went through all these different things as to what it could be. And when it came down to it, in the end, I have no explanation as to what happened. And the things that I had happen to me are just unreal. Mm-hmm. So when I start, when I got into investigating and I started seeing all of these things. Me personally, I think that it's real. I really do. Yeah, and I and I believe what Mike says. I think it is a personal belief. Right. You know, I can't convince you otherwise until, like Mike said, you actually experience it on your own. I'll give you uh, what got me started into this real quick. I was stationed in Utah, and I'd never really had any other paranormal experience in my life. But I was at home by myself watching TV, and on the TV show was a psychic who said he could uh, talk to the people on the other side and I was working on my computer and in my uh, son's room was a Star Wars Darth Vader bank and the bank started going off but in order to do that you have to physically put a coin in the bank to get it working what if the batteries were well and that's what I started thinking I'm like wait a minute because at this point I wasn't into really the paranormal right and I'm like it's got to be the batteries so I just basically shoved it off and went up business on the computer. Ten minutes later, my daughter's Tickle Me Elmo doll in her crib went off. Okay, coincidence. It's mm-hmm. got batteries in it. Could it be something? Well, it uh, got my curiosity going, so I started doing research on the place where I was living, and I actually was able to find where a small child had died in the house. Oh, wow. For me, that was what got me into the paranormal and interested in that. I believe it's a personal thing. When you say that, you believe it's a personal thing. But I do believe that, you know, what we do as far as science... Taking the scientific approach. Right. I mean, nothing is proven. No. It's it's all theoretical. Everything's all that. But again, you take all the pieces of the puzzle... And you have the unexplained, and you take all of these pieces and you put it in there. I can have all the people say, well, it could be this, or it could be this, or it could be this. But then you throw all of those pieces out on the table. I've never had anybody that can come up with all of that evidence in one of those particular cases. If I have one EVP, somebody can explain that away. Yes. If I take all the pieces of the puzzle, and that, for instance, the building you and I were in, Jeff, mm-hmm. if I took all of that evidence and laid it on the table... No one can disprove that it wasn't. Right. Exactly. That's where I take that. So we've used scientific methods to break that down further, and no one can break all of those scientific methods. When we're investigating, we don't say, hey, this is haunted and it's Aunt exactly. Sally. We're right. not going to do that. We're going to say, hey, look at all these pieces of the puzzle. This is what we have. Draw your own conclusion from that. Right. And then if you want our opinion, yeah, we'll tell you what. We think all the evidence that we have accumulated, all the footage what it tells us by the different readings and everything that we've had. I know my personal experience uh, was probably when Lane, my son, we used to keep him in the crib by our bed. We had a camera there because we were 
Cautious Parents was my first boy. Okay. I had three girls, finally having a boy. I'm taking precautions, making sure nothing happens to this boy. So, he's in the back room, and yeah, we've had some things happen in the house, some unexplainable events, whatever. We learned to live with it. But I think he was probably one and a half, and he just sat up in his crib. And we're watching this on the monitor in the other room. And you see him looking in the corner, and he's playing with something in the corner of the crib. We could hear him giggling, and we're like, okay, he's just looking at something. And you see something move in the corner of the crib, like his blanket moved. We're like, all right. It, like, yanked out of this crib. Okay, we're still watching. He's in that stage where he can, he's starting to climb up and stuff. So he's climbing up, and he gets to the top, and he pushes himself up, and he starts going over the crib. And immediately, what do parents do? They start running in there. So I start hauling butt in there, and Misty stops me. She goes, wait, he got to where, just at his torso, over the crib, stopped in midair, and got put back in the crib. And I was like, speechless. Even even this day, talking about that story, the hair still goes up on. And it's like, what the heck was that? All through growing up, he had an imaginary friend, Bobby. Always talked to Bobby. Every kid has an imaginary friend. But one night, my other daughter is sleeping in the room. She's probably about seven now. She just screams. And we go in there, and we're like, what's going on? And she goes... It's okay now. Bobby got in bed with me and made it go away. Do what? So that's what got my curiosity up. What What is this Bobby thing? Well, doing the research on the house, found out next door to us, there was a child that was murdered. Guess what that child's name was? Bobby. Bobby. So, yeah. Do I think it's possible? Yes, I do. Do I think there are guardians out there? Yes, I do. But once again, personal belief, personal experience. Now that you've guessed it, I've got to go ahead and do it. <laughs> you know, my, my whole thing started, and uh, I used to have this on the forum. I need to put it back on there. I think we had like a 1,000 views on this. Are you story. talking about the nickel? The, the dime. The dime? Yeah. Okay. Well, basically, to make a long story short on this, there was actually two separate instances that got me. But I was in the shower one day. I, got in, I came home from work, and I got in the shower, and I was washing my hair, actually physically scrubbing my hair, and I felt something cold hit me in the back. And then immediately I heard the sound plinking in the bottom of the bathtub. And there was a dime there. And I thought to myself, well, how did that happen? And I spent the next couple of weeks, honestly, because it kind of freaked me out. I spent the next couple of weeks. I, I thought, well, maybe I had money in my hat that got stuck in my, you know, behind my ear, my, you know, something like that sitting on my head. Never could duplicate it. A couple of weeks later, my wife and I, my, my youngest one was small enough that we had to sit over the bathtub with him when we bathed him. And we were leaning over the bathtub, and we heard a splash in the toilet, and then we were the only people in the house. And then what I instantly recognized was bling, 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 of the money hitting the porcelain in the toilet. And I thought, there is absolutely no way. So I jumped up real quick, looked over in the toilet, and there was a dime in the bottom of the toilet. Now, that really got my wheels to turn, and I thought, well... Something. It was in the windowsill. It was here. It was there. But it was just odd that two dimes actually happened that way. Well, it was probably a couple weeks after that. It was one of those nights where none of my kids were sleeping. I had three kids at this time. Two that were approaching teenage years mm -hmm. and one that was younger. Nobody could sleep. Everybody was scared. Nobody could do this. Nobody could do this. My wife and I couldn't sleep. And now it's like 12 o'clock at night. And my daughter has this creepy thing that she does when she wants to wake you up at night. She just comes and stands over you till the bad vibes finally get to you and scare you awake. And then she lets you know that you're there. Well, we heard footsteps coming through the house. And we thought, here comes another one. So 
I'm sure some of you guys have done this. We pretended like we were asleep. Oh, yeah. And we, you know, we laid our heads back and we closed our eyes, hoping that they would go away. Mm-hmm. We heard the footsteps come up to the side of the bed and stand there. My wife and I both, and we're talking about this in retrospect. That's when you start pulling the covers over your head. <laughs> well, we both, in retrospect, we thought we thought it was my, my daughter standing over the bed waiting for us to wake up. I mean, it was probably 10 seconds, you know, of sitting there waiting for this to go. I finally snatched the covers up, set up in the bed, and yelled, What do you want? At the same time, my wife sat up in the bed. At that exact instant, a pair of socks from across the room. We had a laundry basket in there. had, you know, our whites in it. A pair of socks, folded socks, landed right smack dab in the middle of the bed. No kids around. I instantly jump up and run into the kids' room. All three of them are completely asleep. Nobody's moving. Nobody's doing anything. And the socks were laying in the middle of the bed. No footsteps running off. No pitter-patter running off. Anything like that. Needless to say, my wife and I spent the rest of the night probably sitting out on the back porch and and debating what had just happened. Now, my wife, still to this day, she don't like to talk about it because she has a hard time accepting that she physically saw a pair of right. socks fly across yeah. the room and land in the bed. But that's what my initial thing, you know, and all this time, you know, my kids, you know, we talked about, you talked about imaginary friends. My my son, he was little, but he talked about Mau Mau and he would sit in the same way. He would sit in the corner of his room and talk to Mau Mau in the corner of his room. We just shook it off, imaginary friends, yeah. that and the other. But again, I started putting all these pieces together and I thought, uh, and to this day, we have stuff happens that we just, eh, that's our visit. Yeah, we're used to it now because of the, the, right. the life, and the hobby we've chosen. Sure. And, and this is a different show, but you know, all of our lives we grow up learning that the boogeyman is not real and this is not real and be an adult and this can't happen and all that. And we block it out. And I think once we open our imaginations mm-hmm. a little bit in our minds and we, and we just accept that the paranormal can be the normal. I think we, we probably witness a little more than your average person does because we don't block it out. That, yeah, that, that's probably why. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there that they say, oh, that that's a one-time thing, one-time thing. But how can you keep getting all this footage? Because they say paranormal investigators are bad for it. There's a lot of groups out there that every time they go to an investigation, everything's haunted. Right. It gets it, it gets it, it gets it. Now, if your theory holds true that the more we do it, our our mind opens up to it, that's possible. But then you have all these groups that they're just out there to try and make a name for themselves through like almost like a television show, pretty much. Right. You know, more often than not, we can go to a place and let them know there's another reason why something Exactly. Happened. Or we may go and sit for six to eight hours and get nothing. Absolutely nothing. We've done so, that plenty of times. I mean, there's there's a lot of times that people claim they have paranormal activity. Yeah, we'll go out there. We'll take the our, all our gear. and Not that we don't believe them. There's, exactly. There's nothing. We don't catch something. We don't make something out of it that's right. not. Exactly. That's, Are ready to move to UFOs? Let's move on to our next topic, E.T. and UFOs. This is my favorite one. Yeah, well, since that's your favorite, I'll let you go ahead and start it off, and then I'll, the, I'll jump in. These guys know I'm, I'm a big... Yes, you um, are. What do we know as UFO today? And I think everybody associates UFO, UFOlogy, aliens, you know, the greys, and this, that, and the other. Everybody associates it to TV. Yes. I mean, every, everything... It started with E.T. Yeah. The e. movie E.T. Right. That's where it all started. E.T., e. um, Close Encounters of the Third That Prime. was a good one. I love like, that movie. That's one of my favorite movies. But that's what you see on, on TV. And there's all these history shows out there, all these television shows that, that are out there. Of course, I love Ancient Aliens. I'm a big fan of Ancient I Aliens. I am, too. I, I just haven't watched it recently, but I used to watch it all the time. What is an actual... Alien or UFO sighting? I mean, what what are you guys? I mean, are you? It's unidentified flying object because that's what the term is. It's yep. unidentified it, flying object. Uh, it's not really paranormal. I was just no. about to ask you that. Do you consider it paranormal? 
No, not an unidentified flying object. I think it, the thing that's paranormal is the occurrences around right. the UFOs and aliens. Aliens and UFOs themselves paranormal? No. But the anomalies that happen, like the cattle mutilations... Abductions. Abductions, there you go. I mean, See, the abductions, yeah. cattle mutilation. You know there's actually like four classifications of UFO encounters. Which yes. CE1, which is you basically see the UFO, you see a flying craft or something like that. All right, and then two would be if you have any type of an effect from seeing that anomaly, that craft. Right. right. Three is going to be you actually see some form of creature. Four is going to be you... One of my favorite movies. Right. You you get an, 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 an abduction. The fourth kind, an abduction. Which if you haven't seen that movie, we've got some footage on EVP that really creeps you out like that. That's, that <laughs> I, I remember that. That was great. But anyway, it's, it's actually an alien abduction. Okay, now that we have all those classifications, how did the classifications come up? Because I'm sure some of our listeners are out there dying to know. Okay, how do you guys know that the classifications are out there? Well, they had the projects out there. The first one was, what, Project Sign in the yeah. 40s? And these yeah. were government programs? Yeah, I believe it was 1949. 48. The Air Force actually started that one. And it was basically to, to log and track UFO encounters or you know, UFO sightings and that sort of stuff. And then about two, two, three years after that one, it turned into Project Grudge. Or was that four years? Yeah, it was four years. Four years? 52, right? Yep. 52 is when that one happened. Well, no, 52 is when Project Blue Book uh, took see, over from Project that's what I'm thinking okay. Project And that's probably the biggest well-known project that actually happened out there. And there's a lot of controversy. And when you get into the ufology and that sort of stuff, there's controversy everywhere. But there's a lot of controversy on whether or not the Air Force covered up stuff or anything like that. But it was basically a class, you know... Investigations done by the Air Force to actually investigate. They, they actually came up with a number in the end that said that we think out of all these thousands of sightings, there were so many that were. I want to say it was like 12,000 sightings that they had, but only 700 of those 12,000 were right. actual unexplained. Unexplained ones that they couldn't figure out. Um, yeah, and, and the interesting thing I found was is Project Blue Book was actually headquartered. Out of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base mm-hmm. in Ohio. I, I've been to the museum there, but the Air Museum there, which is really great, but I, I never really got to go. I've always wanted to go there, not only for the UFO history behind that, but also because of the paranormal history as well. There's there's a lot of paranormal right. stuff going on in some of the hangars there. Now, is that residual stuff left open? Because the theory, conspiracy theory, the whole Roswell crash... Eventually ended up going. That's what they say. That's what they say out there, that the Roswell crash actually went to Wright-Patterson. There are still think people out there today that say that there is an underground base at Wright-Patterson, and there's actually greys working underneath the base, and that they they actually work down there with, with humans there at Wright-Patterson. You know, it's, it's interesting. Earlier we were talking about ghosts and our theories and beliefs. For me, I've never personally had a... UFO encounter or experience, but with all of the sightings and all of the different pieces of video audio that we have, I cannot say that the UFOs don't exist. Now, you say you didn't have an experience. I know, Mike, you you had a big experience that you sent to MUFON, but for me, I think it was when I was in high school. Um, Now, I don't know if this is a UFO, and I had my buddy with me, and I tried to before this show, I, I tried to get with him and ask him, did he remember anything happening? This is what's funny about this. We were in high school, probably about the end of ninth grade, beginning of 10th. It was around summertime, so in between the two. And we were out late at night, 10, 11 o'clock, so I don't know if I was playing hooky <laughs> the next morning or if it was actually the summertime weekend, whatever. 
But we're out there, and we're in Arizona, out by a uh, intelligence army intelligence base out there, Fort Huachuca, out of Sierra Vista. We're in, over in my backyard, and my backyard is nothing but a cow pasture. You can see it's not that way now, but back then it was nothing but a cow pasture out there. We're in the backyard, and we're going down the street, and we're walking and just doing our teenage thing. I'll get into that later. But anyways, <laughs> we're being mischievous, all right? Anyways, we're out there, and we see this light probably about a block down. And it's it's on the ground, and it's just moving really quick. We're thinking a remote control car. That's pretty cool, because back then... You're, you're thinking the 80s, right. everything's neon, right? right? So we're like, oh, this is pretty cool. So we're sitting there, and it's doing the whole figure eight stuff, doing like a remote control car would do. And all of a sudden, it starts coming towards us. And we're like, oh, this is pretty cool. And it's really fast. Well, it gets probably about, I would say, 10 feet away from us. And all of a sudden, this glowing thing came about four to five feet up off the ground, our height, head level. And we're just frozen still. We're not moving. And all of a sudden, it shoots off to the left, and we watch it fly across the field, and we watch it this entire time, and we can see it. It's getting smaller and smaller because it's shooting out, going fast. And we watch it go over the mountains where the where the army base was, the intelligence thing. And we thought, what the heck was that? It happened in the paper that other people saw the same thing flying over the mountains, a green ball. I can't remember if Fort Huachuca said that they were tracking something, an unidentified aircraft or whatever, but there was a lot of phenomena of people seeing this thing. So for me, that would be my one UFO experience. Was the probe? Was it a, a UFO? And my buddy, he's probably listening to this podcast right now because I asked him about it. And he's like, I remember something happening that night, but I don't have a memory like you do because it was so long ago. But do you find it interesting that a lot of these sightings are near military facilities or bases? That I do find. Especially this one, because it's the sixth largest intelligence. And I, I do believe aliens are, are real. I do believe there's life out there. But I do believe that a lot, the majority of UFO, UFO sightings are government-related. Some sort of experimental craft or I, something. I, I would agree with you. I would, that. too. I mean, look at the, the B-2 bomber. Mm -hmm. For the longest time, that one thing was developed in what the seventies, early eighties. The Navy had their stealth boat yes. in San Diego Harbor for like two years before anybody ever saw it, and it was operational out there. Yeah, but I mean, people always said they saw this <coughs> triangle-shaped craft right. mm -hmm. flying around. Mm -hmm. It's the B two. Right. So I mean, I do know we have stuff out there. Is there other stuff out there that we don't know about? Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, if you think about how long, you know, the Blackbird was in, what, 61, 64? Exactly. And, you know, that's now declassified top secret stuff. But look how long that went on before we ever even knew about it. Think about what we have now that we won't know about for 30 years. I mean, right. Because right. we had the stealth fighters. I mean, the F-117, granted, we got rid of that one because it right. really wasn't that great of a fighter. But we've had this technology. So what technology do we have now? Exactly. Do we have some sort of propulsion technology now? It's quite possible we do because, I mean, we're getting... We could get way off in the Yeah, we, we could get way, on, way, way off into subjects on this one, yes. You, you know, in my... I remember 1987, I think is when it was, the Gulf Breeze sightings. It's a real popular and on deal. We lived in northwest Florida in that area. And I, I remember I was I was younger dating myself a little bit, but I, I was younger. <laughs> and I remember we went out and we were on the front porch and we were watching these lights 
they were way off, but what it looked like was two lights, you know, red, green, red, mm-hmm. blue, and they were flashing right beside each other. And it was all in the news and everything. So my parents called uh, the police, and then the police called. And the next thing you know, we had the local base, which I think it was Eglin. Again, I, people called, and then they were asking my parents, do you see our planes? Our planes are up there now. Yeah, we see your planes. They're flying. And I remember my mom, like, they're flying right by this thing. Well, we don't see anything. We don't see anything. It was a big deal. It was all over the news back then. But, I, you know, a lot of time went by, and I didn't think anything else about it and it was actually just a few years ago it's been since i've been in mpi as a matter of fact my wife was tdy she'd gone to a class i was it was like one o'clock in the morning i'm out in the yard and i was watering the grass i remember you for for all my northern friends that are listening to this it's supposed to be 75 tomorrow when y'all are in four feet of snow but (laughs) in texas the water evaporates quickly so i was watering my grass by hand at like one o'clock in the morning that was before we had the drought Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but as I, I was kind of looking up to the north and not really just, I always like to stargaze and things like that. And I was watching. And what I remember is it had like the arc of a fireworks show. You know, we, what I saw was a light that kind of went from behind the trees, kind of in an arc, like you would, if you were watching the, the, the initial mortar fire go up. Okay. And as it, when you think about a mortar fire, if you think about it going up and right about the time it pauses to explode, this light went up, but it wasn't like streaking like that. It was just a solid light, like a little ball of light, went up, kind of at an arc, probably, I don't know, maybe 20 degrees above the horizon. And then, as fast as it appeared in front of me, this thing was gone like a bo- I mean, just a bolt of lightning. And you could see it, and it went, you could see the light as it went, but it just looked like a shooting star going across the sky, but it went straight kind of northwest. I mean, mm-hmm. straight up into infinity, and it was gone. And I remember I texted you, I was like, um... Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. And it really kind of got me freaked out because I thought, man, is this stuff real? And is somebody watching me? This kind of stuff. But anyway, I ended up making a report to MUFON and I, I was tracking the reports on MUFON. And, and I was, for those of you who don't know, MUFON is the mutual UFO network. Right. They do most of the investigations that happen nowadays. There is no official government site. This is really the kind of go-to place. There are others out there and, I, and I'm not knocking any of those, but MUFON is the place to go. It's the one that's been around since the early 80s. <laughs> I mean, they started off as a small group like this. Now they have things on state. All yeah. every state has every its own state has its division. own division. Mm-hmm. But I turned it into them. I had an investigator call me the next day. We went over everything. I told him, I said, "Hey, look, you know, I may be crazy." I said, "But I am a paranormal investigator. I try to look at things from a different perspective." But I really can't explain this. Well, it went on and on, and I was tra- tracking it. The the investigation. It kind of has a little log of what happened. But as I was looking in the local area, which was within probably thirty or forty miles, there were multiple. I was like one of three sightings that actually occurred in that event. So anyway, that was my recent one that really got me kicked off on it. And since then, I think I've watched every Ancient Aliens episode like four times and that kind of stuff. It's all I read now. So. Yeah, Ancient Aliens, it's a good show if you want your different theories, conspiracies. But, I mean, what other stuff can you look at out there? I mean, look at all over YouTube. You see all these videos out there of the paranormal phenomena of UFOs everywhere. Yeah, it seems like every day you can do a search online and you'll find five to ten to maybe even a hundred new videos on UFO sightings. Another conspiracy is crop circles. Right. Man-made, yes, man can make them. It's been proven to be made. But I think that the majority of crop circles are probably man-made. But I think there are crop circles. And if you look back in the, I think it was the 90s, there was mm-hmm. that, the, in, in the UK, there were like thousands of these. Right. Yes. And I think there was probably a lot of hoaxing that went on with that. 
But I've read a bunch of reports on those things. And I, some of these things, and there's actually, I can't think of that scientist's names. I'll bring that up in, when we do a UFO show. But right. there was a scientist that actually went and looked at the molecular structure of the plants and found that basically the plant was melted at the stem. Like, hmm, the molecules were rearranged, which is why it fell over. And there was no breaking of the structure or anything like that. There was a lot of things that went behind it. They found radioactive material in the right. soil samples. The the Basically, the the structure of the plant had changed that no way man could actually do it. So I think there's a lot of them. And that's where we also have the cattle mutilations and things. I don't know what your guys' opinion is on that. Well, the biggest one that, I mean, we tried to go and do an investigation out there in Utah, yeah. Skinwalker Ranch, yeah. to where that's all they were having out there was paranormal activity. They were having ghosts, spirits, UFOs, yeah. cattle, cattle mutilations, mutilations yeah. abductions. I mean... They had it all out there. Even to this day, they still have paranormal investigators going out right. there. I mean, we were so... Well, they the last I read, to go out there. Yeah. You can't get near the last I read the that they, ranch. The new owners of the location have basically shut it down, but I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what I've read recently. Yeah. So they don't let anyone go out and investigate. You know, one thing interesting I would like to hear from our listeners... I'd like for your to hear your experiences with UFOs. Oh, there you go. If there's any listeners out there, would definitely. You know, if you don't want to talk, you know, send us an email. That says, "Hey, I'd like to tell my story," or "I'm interested." What do you guys think? You know, we could put you on the show. Let you tell your story or something. We have the form. We have Facebook. You could post it on right. Facebook. So even on the ghost side, we'd like to hear those stories as well. Yeah, any any type of personal experience that our listeners have that you think would be topic worthy. There right. you go. Another conspiracy one that uh, deals around what I mentioned earlier, Roswell, the the Greys, because you were talking about that as well. Are there aliens out there that look like the egg shaped with the big black eyes? I mean, I fully believe that starting from and it could have been earlier. Yes, I fully believe that starting with the Nazis in Germany could quote you story after story, but starting with the Nazis in Germany, there was many crashes. There was one in particular where they believed to have, they were, you know, it's reported as a conspiracy theory, if you will, that they went and gathered this technology and that's how certain things were developed mm. on their side. I fully believe that is what has occurred at times. I believe that whatever nation, whatever area that it may have gone in, there has been recovered technology. Now, I may be a kook, I may be crazy, but either from crashing or from shared knowledge or something. Well, I guess my thought on it is, like, like I said, I have had no experience. But when I think about it, I would be foolish to think that we are the only beings in oh. a vast yes. universe yes. Um, that is intelligent. So, I mean, it has to be founded on something. Well, you know, and in, in, in this is part of my thought process, too, and I know that technology increases exponentially once it starts occurring, but you look at the human race in a time period, all of the major technological advances have occurred in the last few years. I mean, you think think about just when we were kids. I mean, yeah. I didn't have a microwave. You know what I mean? That was new. I mean, they were out there, but they were thousands of dollars took up your like a refrigerator. Right. And you look at how this stuff is just technology and computer chips. I mean, the Apollo missions had a refrigerator mm. sized computer and yes. we have Cell hundred full times yeah. the amount of power in that in our phone. And we store this and nanotechnology and all these things. And it's only a question that I raise and again I know a lot of people think I'm crazy in my conspiracy theories, but did we develop that as a result of technology increasing exponentially, or was there some sort of hint yeah. in that? And see, you're, you said you didn't want to make this show about this. Well, we could do an entire show about that, because I know where you're going. And see, with you bringing up these points, 
I want to bring up Egypt, Mayans. I'll oh, see. So you don't want to get so, on. That's why I say that's an entirely different show, yeah. and I don't want to get into that now because that is a, a whole nother show. But with that, I think we need to move on to our next subject and take a commercial break. What do you think, guys? I All think right. that sounds good. I need a drink. <laughs> campaign of the Texas Department of Transportation. The program currently has more than 4,500 groups across the state and Military Paranormal Investigations is proud to be one. And it's a good way to let the community know you care. Adopting a piece of Texas highway is simple. You agree to take charge of a two-mile stretch of road for a minimum of two years. And once approved, you agree to clean your portion of the highway at least four times per year. Following Texas's lead, Adopt-A-Highway programs have popped up across the U.S. and spread to Canada, Great Britain, Japan, New Zealand, Australia, and Mexico. All told, more than 1.3 million volunteers participate in Adopt-A-Highway nationwide. For more information on the Texas Adopt-A-Highway program, visit their website at www.don'tmesswithtexas.org. Why not join the many who volunteer? Do your part. Keep Texas or your state beautiful. The show will begin shortly. If you have a cell phone, turn it off now. If you have a pager, get a cell phone. And welcome back, Neil. My name is Rob. I'm Mike. And I'm Jeff. And uh, right before the commercial break, we were talking about aliens and UFOs and ghosts and spirits, basically what paranormal is. You <laughs> we know? were starting to go off the deep end there. Yeah, we were, so we had to cut it off because, uh, like we said, that could be a whole other show. I mean, it really yeah. could. Oh, yeah. If you guys have any interesting thoughts on that, please send us an email at radio show at militaryparanormal.com. Or go to our website, militaryparanormal.com. And don't forget, there's always Facebook. Twitter, MPI underscore paranormal. Facebook is Facebook, not Facebook. <laughs> we don't even know our own Facebook anymore. All one word, military paranormal. There, there you go. go. And also, don't forget, we've got our forum fully operational again. Please go on there, post a topic, and help us build it back up. All right, so where are we going next? I mean, we're doing the different classification, and they say psychic medium ESP is a classification of, of that. However... I'm not really big on that. I only know a few things. I know there's mediums out there that claim that they can talk to the other side. We don't use them because there's really no scientific proof that this happened. Look back what the military used to study. They had a program called remote viewing. It would be someone, you'd stick them in a room, be in a place, another area, and you'd have them concentrate and be able to tell you what's going on with that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good example. And you know what? I believe that there are mediums, that there are psych people with psychic abilities, and I have different theories on that. That's, again, that's a whole other subject. But I do believe that's there. But, you know, my thought process on this, if I'm trying to tell people I'm a paranormal investigator right? and I'm going to use my audio equipment or my EMF detectors or I'm going to use these things to do something, I can't quantitatively justify 
that somebody feels the presence of so and so. So that's that's my beliefs on that. I, again, I do think that psychic abilities, ESP, I do believe kinetic. You know, we we talk about a kinesi. Uh, what is it called? Uh, kinesiology. Yes, where like bending of the forks and that. Mm-hmm. I do believe that that's possible. I think that the human brain is used so uses so much of its available well, we, space. Well, we, I think it's 5% of your brain you actually utilize. Exactly. So you've got 95% there uh, for other things. When it comes to the medium aspect of it, as, as Rob said, we don't use mediums in our group. But, but I personally believe that people can have the ability to either see things that have happened, possibly see things that will take place in the future, just like I would with UFOs, Bigfoots, whatever it might be. The possibility is there for that. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the big that everyone knows about is Nostradamus. Right. Okay, yes, it was in riddles, but I mean, his riddles... From a skeptic standpoint on that, and again, I do believe that these abilities are available. From a skeptic standpoint, I believe it's kind of like, you know, when you read something and you interpret it the way it fits what's happening in your life at Mm -hmm. this time. So whenever we read Nostradamus in we see that we can relate that to things that happen in our lifetime. And I think that some of that probably comes from that. I totally agree. And that brings us back to the remote viewing again. Granted, the military ran this program for several years. 23 years. Yes. Okay, 23 years. <laughs> but what valid proof came from it? If, if they ran it for 23 years, why did they stop doing it? I think that the fallacy in it all is that in the experiences that I've had with people that claim to be psychic and things like that, a lot of it's based on the human condition and what was happening with them right then. I mean, they may have a, a situation they go into where they're overwhelmed with these feelings and then they have a time when they're not getting anything. And what actually turns that on and off? And I think that that's with the, say, in that particular instance there, you talked about why did the government quit doing that? I mean, is it because you can't control the human condition to that point? And that's my thing with, with using it is from a scientific standpoint as far as investigation goes, how do you link that to what's physically exactly. happening right then? Right. Now, another type of remote viewing, I guess you could say, would be deja vu. I had deja yeah. vu today. I was just talking about with the guys at work. Is that sort of a remote viewing too? Because it's something that you swear you've already seen. You know, right. I just realized that I could probably have a show on conspiracy theories too. But, you know, a lot of people link the psychic abilities of that to extraterrestrial stuff and, yes. and you know, origins and that sort of stuff. But again, that's a whole other topic, right. of course, there as well. My personal belief, that's where I think deja vu. Is it stored energy? We talked about residual and things like that. Yeah. That's causing deja vu. And that's from a scientific standpoint. But how do you quantitatively you can't. analyze? It's, I mean, you, you can't. You do really can't. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably why the government shut down the remote viewing. Granted, I know what they were using it for at the time. It was during the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to find out what, what was the, happening? What the Russians were doing? Right. And I remember reading a book, and I, I, w- I should have looked this up, but they talked about one of the remote viewers. They put him in a sub, and they wanted to get him as close as they could to Russia to try and spy on what was going on. And I can't remember the outcome of that, but I remember them using the remote viewing for that because it was under one of the declassified okay. uh, files that I was reading. But did it really happen? So it's there's the conspiracy theory. Yeah. Exactly. Everything everything <laughs> paranormal you could have conspiracy theories with. Well, I think let's uh move on to our uh last topic, which is cryptozoology or cryptids. Basically it's the study of hidden animals. Right. Animals that we can't find out there and the most popular one that everyone knows. Yeah. Bigfoot. 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 Right. Okay. 
And then you have Squatch Sasquatch. We could go <laughs> squatch him. In the Himalayas, you have the Yeti. It's not right. more like the abominable snowman. I'm trying to remember what year the actual first video came out. I think it was out of Washington. Washington State Park. In like the late 60s, early 70s. And I'll do some research on that to come up with the You're date. talking about the one where that he's walking right. and everybody right. rocks. Yeah, Everyone's that's seen the one, that one when you see big, hear about Bigfoot. The Peterson, Peterson video. Right. That's there you go. Right. Peterson video. So look that up on YouTube, Bigfoot Peterson video. That was the first one that started this whole paranormal phenomenon. And again, nowadays you can go to Google or YouTube and you can find Bigfoot videos. And matter of fact, Jeff just posted one on our forum that we uh, have to go there and check it out sometime. Then you have another one, Chubacabras. <laughs> Chubacabras, uh, if, if you do the history on it, was actually first discovered in Puerto Rico in, the, right. in 1995. I believe it had something to do with the voodoo or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And Chubacabra, my theory is, it is some form of... A coyote or a crossbreed of a coyote a dog. that has gotten mange. Some sort of canine. Right, that has gotten mange and lost its hair. Yes. And, and that's kind of my thoughts. I, I think that it's probably some sort of mutated coyote or something. I mean, right. from sickness or drought or some environmental condition that's caused it to be mutated. I, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, about four or five hours south of here, yes. they uh, a couple had believed they had captured a chubacabra, mm-hmm. took it to a taxidermist. Mm-hmm. They did DNA samples. Right. Yes. And they actually determined, if I remember correctly, that it was... It was uh, dog and coyote, right. if I don't yep. right. mm-hmm. The other one is Nessie. A lot in this monster. Everybody knows Nessie. Nessie. Yeah, everyone knows Nessie. Yep. Lake Champlain. It's kind of the same thing. Every year... New species are discovered somewhere. Yes, and I just think that if you had an internal... I mean, that would be more likely to happen in the ocean. Well, how deep is that lake? Well, and it's... I think it's a couple thousand feet deep. Yeah, I mean... So, I mean, is it possible? Yeah, I don't... I just don't know where I stand on that. I don't know where I stand on that either. But, I mean, you look at other cryptids that used to be cryptids, and they're not now because we've actually found them. Right. You have all sorts of cryptozoology out there, and the ones that I want to talk about later, the former cryptids, you can go on there and you can search for cryptozoology, and there is a list, I'm talking a humongous list of all these urban legends, cryptozoology creatures out there that are unverified. They're hoax. Because there's different classes of cryptozoology. You have your hoax one, you have your ones that are confirmed, the ones that are unconfirmed. You have all these different things out there. Another one, the goat man. You know, I'm heavily involved in scouts. And the scouts, the goat man is what happens when you don't do lights out at 10 o'clock. And I think that's where I personally believe that's where Goatman originated and that's where Goatman will stay. I don't believe in Goatman. No. Well, and I mean, Goatman, if you look them up online, it seems like almost every state has we some. Have one. You have yeah, the right. Jersey right. Devil. Right. Uh, we, have, uh, we have the Burke Burnett Goatman. Yeah, Goatman Bridge. I mean, it's right over here past Bacon Ranch Road. Right. So It's right down there. You just go past the base. And I, I think Mike's right when he says, you know, that it's, it's kids wanting to scare each other and they come up with a story and it's come from years and years yes. of kids telling this story to um, one another. It reminds me, when I when I hear Goatman, I think of Jeepers Creepers, you know, that, that horror <laughs> movie. And I, I just think, you know, we do a lot of stuff paranormally. I mean, you yes. know, we, we spend a lot of time together, we do a lot of stuff. I've never had any enough evidence to even consider investigating. No. The only thing investigating-wise that I would do for it is to debunk it completely. Exactly. Like we do a Sheila's Bridge. Right. Screaming yeah. Sheila's right. Bridge, how we debunk that one. Right. 
I would go out there, I would set the cameras out there, I would do my research on this bridge because it's, it's a little spot. What the rumor is here is you see the eyes walking across the street. All right, so we go out there, we set up some static cameras. Just leave them there, don't do anything, set some audio equipment out there, and go around there and debunk the heck out of it. Because I wholeheartedly, like you do, believe this is nothing more than an urban legend. Uh, now, I do think, and I thought about this uh, a while back when we were discussing the Goatman thing, I do think that Goatman may have had an original origin, maybe in a demonology setting or something like that, mm-hmm. just because of the goat and the origins of that in demonology and that sort of stuff. But I just don't think that most of the legends out there are real. Yeah, I'm well, with you on that one. Well, what about this legend, the Mothman? What do you think about that? Me? Okay, the Mothman... Now, I watched a show recently that I'm not even going to name it. It to do with the Mothman, okay? Anyways, the Mothman... The theory behind that one is that the Mothman shows up right before a serious accident is about to happen to try and warn you. And it happened on, I want to say it was like in Missouri or Mississippi. There was a bridge that was... Yeah, something like that, to where it collapsed. I even did a movie on it, the Mothman movie. Watch that. Good movie. Um, There's a lot of facts out there that they use within the movie and a lot of facts that are completely far-fetched to me. But... They claim that's what the Mothman is. Yes, we have a Mothman picture on our site because they have a statue out in this place that has the big wings and has the red eyes and the tentacles and everything like that. That's where I think they get a little far-fetched. Do I think that it's possibly... I'm I'm just going to say it, probably extraterrestrial. In order to see something coming from the future, you would have to have some sort of technology to do that. Do they think it's a extra-dimensional creature? Well, you know, and the Mothman's not only been sighted in that one town. It's been in other areas mm-hmm. and things like that. And the descriptions of the Mothman fits, by proper definition, a, a possible insectoid of a class of aliens. Again, that's a different show. Yes. So that's where I lean more towards. I also, my other theory is I lean towards conspiracy theories. Of course. Um, you know, say you had an industrial accident or something like that, which is what this usually centers around, somebody warning something, something like that. Maybe a backstory that's generated as a hoax to cover up right. the real events, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. As far as conspiracy theories. Or could it be like your Goatman theory? Is it just a story that started and it's carried on over time? Exactly. Could be, too. We talked about this before the show. I, I, I don't know. I would lean more towards ufology, but... Ufology or something along those lines. See, that, that's the problem with paranormal. It's not normal, and everything is theory, everything is conspiracy. Right. Yeah, and I think it's, as we've said, I know before in our radio shows, in the paranormal arena, there's real no real experts. Exactly, none. Just people's ideas or thoughts, and we use more of the skeptical theory and scientific mm-hmm. to figure out what it is. Could we do it with these? We could, but it, it would be extremely hard. Exactly. You know the show that you're that you're referring to. <laughs> I would love that investigation that they did. I would love to have gone and done the same investigation in our terms. Oh yes, yes. Does that make sense? Because they had some credible the supporting facts for an investigation. Whether or not they're supporting witnesses, Jeff, you and I talked about that, were credible or not. I I would love to have done the investigation from our point of view. Doing the types of investigations that we do, yes, because like I said, we debunked the Screaming Sheila Bridge legend out there. All right, for those of you who don't know, you can search it online, Screaming Sheila Bridge, out past Burke Burnett. 
was a theory that there's actually three stories out there. One is that a witch was burned at the stake and burned a hole through it, through the bridge. Another theory story is that... And uh, there was a burnt hole in the... Yes, there is a big burnt hole. We'll talk about it in a minute. Another theory was there was a uh, car crash. A husband and wife was out there. That's the most popular. He ran to go get help. And for those of you who don't know, this bridge probably about a good five miles past Burke. Out in the middle of nowhere. And back when this happened, supposedly, was even less populated now. So, he had to walk. When he came back, apparently the car caught on fire. She was trapped. She died. Her name was Sheila, which is where you get the screaming Sheila Bridge. And all he could hear was her screaming in this car. And the fire was so hot that it burned a hole through the bridge. And then another one was saying that... He killed her. Yes. And then tried to cover it up by burning the bridge in a car accident staging or something. So that's where the screaming Sheila comes from. Well, we went out there. We did our investigations. The The bridge is in shambles right now. I mean, it's like an 1900 bridge, nineteen early 1900s era bridge. Right. We went all around this bridge. You can see exactly where this burn hole started from. It started from underneath the bridge. It was like somebody camped underneath right. there exactly. and started a fire. And underneath this bridge, what they used for the bridge is old railroad tides with tar all on them. So you get someone underneath trying to keep warm in the middle of the night or whenever, starting a campfire, and then you have this tar that's going to melt and continuously build on this fire spot, and you can see where there's an indent and everything. And then you can also see where the flames come around the bottom. And the other thing was, you know, we did every historical search we could do in the county, in the city, in the state, anything that we could do to try to find the names of the potential witnesses and things like that. We were never able to locate any of that from tax records, land records, nope. land deeds, title deeds, any of that stuff. We concluded we, we caught nothing on evidence We you know, or in footage. We, we finally debunked But that's how we would do an investigation if we did an investigation. Like you were talking about at that bridge for the Mothman. We would completely, 100 try and do everything scientific about it, trying to look everything around that happened. What about, is there any kind of like former cryptids or oh, yeah. anything the, else? One of the big ones, I actually seen this cryptid now uh, when I went on vacation last year to Disney World. The Animal Kingdom Park at Disney World has one of these. It's called an okapi. And basically what an okapi is, it's part of the, they say it's part of the giraffe family, but it looks more like a mule. The reason they say it's part of a giraffe is because it has that long black tongue that a giraffe has. However, it's got a brown coat, but on its legs and hindquarters is zebra stripes. So it's a real messed up looking creature, but for the longest time, this was thought to be a cryptid because people said they would see it but then they wouldn't because of where it lives. It lives in dense rainforest, and that's the only place. So you really can't get to it. This thing is so weird. It wasn't really found until 1908 or 1901. Even you guys didn't know what the thing was when I right. put it on there. I was like, this is the big popular one. And they used to have a uh, international society out there, uh, cryptozoology. That was even the symbol for them. They've now disbanded. They're not functional anymore. But that was the symbol because it was one of those creatures that no one has seen, but they heard stories about it. I mean, you have this mule-looking thing that has zebra-striped hindquarters, looks like a zebra, and then this big, long tongue. Yeah, I would think that. Unicorn. There you right. go. That's what I would think. Something mm-hmm. like a unicorn, a fairy. Which brings me to my next mythological creature. Yeah, the Komodo dragon. Before 1912, it was thought to be just a myth. You know, some big dragon lizard that well, wreaked havoc. Well, I mean, could you imagine going on a voyage somewhere, pulling onto an island, and all of a sudden you see, see a five-foot iguana? <laughs> dragon? I mean, that would be... 
Especially if you'd never seen it, you'd be scared of that. Yeah. So, you know, and everybody thought it was a myth until they found that. And then uh, the mountain gorilla. Yeah, the mountain gorilla, as big as that sucker is. And then uh, you had the cone king turtle. This is a humongous, when I'm talking humongous, I'm talking a six-foot wide turtle weighing over... It's like a couple thousand pounds or something. Yeah, a couple thousand pounds. And there was only a couple in existence. It was only spotted. It was found in 1967 and then yeah, like 98. And it went away because no one could find it anymore. It was only happened on this one uh, lake is where it was, uh, the which is why they call it the Conheen Turtle. It was found in the Conheen Lake. They only thought there was like five ever existence. And see, that's why I think that because this turtle right here, of how big it was in a lake, I think wholeheartedly that possibly you could have another type of dinosaur-like creature, the Loch Ness Monster. Mm -hmm. So just because we haven't seen it, this one right here, the first one was found because it was out in the lake and the villagers told this fisherman to go get it, to net it up and bring it in. Well, it put on such a battle with him that he took a crowbar to it and beat it to a pulp, which is why the first one died. And they thought that was the only one in existence. So it became the cryptozoology one. Well, it wasn't until recently, like you were talking about, 1998, when another one was spotted. And they said that these can lay hundred up to 100 eggs. And if I'm not mistaken... The, just here recently. Just here recently. found dead. Uh, the last one, they called it the Great Grandfather Turtle. Um, I can't remember the Vietnamese name for it. But... The last time they saw it was in December, uh, alive, and they just recently found the body of it, January 19th of this year, dead. That well, was another one. Well, you know, with the, with the cryptids, one of the things that you may want to do is go and search for cryptids in your state <laughs> or in your area. Um, Texas has a few of them. Uh, one of them's the uh, Lake Worth Monster which was founded in July of 1969. I didn't even know about this till uh, Rob had started talking about this. Yeah, this one apparently is a Bigfoot-like creature that has scales. It apparently attacked a local company here at Lake Fort Worth uh, in 69, and it happened like three different nights. It attacked them one night, and I can't remember what they did that one, but the other attack happened, it jumped on someone's car and put a big dent in it and scraped the side of the hood. And then the third night, it was actually seen throwing tires at um, people off a cliff. <laughs> so, now, it was sighted again recently in, I want to say, the early 80s, 90s. But people now have come forward and said that it was a bunch of high school kids. They put on a gorilla outfit and were walking around the lake to scare the locals. Mm -hmm. Just like you were talking about with the goat man. Yeah. So, do I find that one credible? Yeah, granted they made a newspaper article on it. And you can find it just do Lake Worth, Texas, goat man. And you'll find the article on it from 1969. But everything is a conspiracy theory. Mm -hmm. And of course, Texas has Bigfoots like... You know, a yeah. lot of states have. Exactly. So I think if you research Bigfoot in your area, you'll find probably a lot of sightings in your local area, too, that you probably didn't know existed right. as well. Oh, yeah. I, I wholeheartedly believe that one. Um, I think Bigfoot is a topic of another show because we can. there's many, many theories. Well, it has its own show right now, Searching for Bigfoot. Correct. Right. So. There's lots of theories on alien origin or right. cryptid origin or right. all of these types of... And with that, it leads us into our next part of the show, our networking. Because when we were doing all these searches for paranormal, 
I ran across a site. Apparently, you already knew about this site, but there's a site out there called The Black Vault. You can find it at www.theblackvault.com, and this is pretty much the largest uh, privately run online uh, repository of declassified government documents. They had this kid here. He started when he was like 15, and he kept writing the government trying to get documents declassified, and he just kept doing it. He's he's done it for the past twenty years now, and he has tons and tons of documents. I think it's more one point four million pages of documents. Yeah, and they're all declassified. And I started reading some of this stuff. I mean, it talks about the different UFO sightings. It talks about the different Project Stargate was right. was the remote viewing. It right. had documents on that one. It talks about different UFO sightings. It has all these different documents. I believe and, it's got the uh, Psalm one hundred one, the Psalm one one, which is the the majestic twelve. Oh, yeah, the Majestic 12, where they say it's like uh, the men in black, the ones that... Clean hide. up after a crash exactly. or that sort of stuff. Right, and what he used was was the uh, Freedom of Information Act mm-hmm. um, to hammer the government to say, hey, you guys need to declassify these documents so we as the nation can see them. Right. The government has been giving him the documents in a TIFF file, and for those of you that it's a TIFF file, it's nothing more than a picture file. And he is taking the time to convert all those TIFF files into PDFs. That way we can download them. And he's always looking for volunteers or people that will take these TIFF files that know some computer geeks. So if you if you know how to work with a TIFF file, if you know how to convert it to PDF, go to this site, get with him, because he's always looking for volunteers to help him put these out there for the public to go ahead. And that's theblackvault.com. And this always leads us to our next uh, section of Tech Corner. I figured this time we could talk about our different EMF meters. And for those of you who don't know what EMF stands for, it's an electromagnetic field. And we have a couple different types of meters out there. Basically, they're just measurement devices. They measure the surrounding electromagnetic fields. And we have two different types. Uh, the con- we have all three, or two different types, but we have three different uh, ones out there because you have the ones that do the uh, frequency, they have a field antenna and a selective receiver that's going to monitor a certain frequency range. And you can either do it in AC or DC. Now, the popular one EMF meter that everyone knows and everyone has is the K2 meter. Right, and that one basically just measures a certain range. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it's at the 50 hertz level or something so. like that. But it just measures an increasing amount of milligauss at that frequency, and it just lights up a light. The thing about that one is only on a single axis. So you have to be within an area to try and find that one. That, that's the other thing. And it only does AC. Right. AC magnetic fields. Which are magnet, where a man made scores this. Then you have the Gauss meter, which is uh, DC fields, or naturally electromagnetic mm-hmm. fields. They can measure a larger variety of the, the frequency ranges. Right, because um, you were talking about the, the AC field being man-made. Man-made being like a refrigerator or a microwave right. or something like that. Something man-made. To where the DC one is all earth magnetic geomagnetic so it's going to search non-man-made which is why I like using that one a lot more because it's going to get away from if we have something that's man-made because they say ghost spirits are going to manifest it's going to be that type of energy it's not man-made so it's going to be a DC one which is why I like using that one then you have your uh, your broadband which is like basically your your tri-field which is going to measure different planes um, your AC field your DC field uh, radio frequency emissions, and then also microwave emissions. Right, and that one sits on a three-axis. Right. So you can have it sitting wherever, and you can actually find the strength of it by moving the field around to find out exactly where that source is coming from. 
And, you know, most of your, if you watch a lot of the shows and things like that, most of your things on the Melmeter and things like that, they all work off of some sort of EMF detector, right. EMF right. measuring device. And that's pretty much it for our tech corner. Now, it's, now we don't have it yet, but eventually we will be able to take callers and have our listeners chime in to us. But right now we do take emails, and we actually did get an email today from someone that I'd like to read to you guys, let you know what they think about our radio show. This is from Ron F. It says, MPI, I listened to your recent podcast and I liked it. I liked how you gave steps on how you approach a paranormal case and gave examples of how something else might be the cause of it. Also, how you talked about cases that were paranormal and not everyone experiences the same thing. Your show is well thought out and doesn't seem like a bunch of nerds in their mom's basement wearing the truth is out there (laughs) t-shirts. May I suggest for those who do not know the lingo like EVP to define it or send us somewhere to have a better understanding. Good job MPI. I am a listener and look forward to your next one. For our first uh, email, I I thought that was pretty good. Ron is a friend of mine. He's actually the one that also was had that UFO experience with me. And him and I have drifted apart over the years, but for him to say that, because he admitted to me when I told him that I was getting into paranormal, he thought I was like the kook out there, you know, like most people do. Right, sure. They, they think, okay, you're doing that paranormal thing. Yeah, you're in your mom's basement. Okay, yeah, I get that. That's like when you and I first met and I had my DAR, and you're like, what do you guys use that for? And I was reluctant to tell you. I was like, right. Paranormal investigations, you know, I had my mouth covered, and that's when I found out that you guys are into that. And then, because that's all it's going to take is just yep. having that bond, that fellowship. Yeah. That's yep. that's why I like doing this with you guys. Yeah. Well, on this show, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, the different classifications of paranormal, ghosts and spirits, UFOs, talked about psychic abilities and ESP, and uh, we got into the cryptozoology. So I hope that uh, you guys enjoyed our show today. Thanks for listening. Join us next time as we talk about everything paranormal. And don't forget, like like, uh, Jeff mentioned earlier, if you have a topic that you want us to discuss or want us to talk about, send us an email. You can contact us at radioshow at militaryparanormal.com. Or you can go to our website, www.militaryparanormal.com. Or you can find us on our Facebook page and send us a comment there. All right, well, I guess that's a good show. I enjoyed you listening. Hope you liked it. I'll have a good night. Have a good night. Good night. Hopefully you're listening to the end of this, even though we already played our podcast for you. I figured I would go ahead and add these on to the end, because during the show, at the beginning, I told you that we would play two EVPs for you. And for those of you who don't know what an EVP is, it's an electronic voice phenomenon. Basically, it's a voice that we picked up on our digital audio recorders that we cannot hear with human ear because it's above the 20,000 hertz range. Like we were talking about during the show, these two EVPs were captured in what we like to call our hotspot building. This building, for some reason, does not like me. So take a listen to these EVPs. Let us know what you think. And next time, when I say we're going to do it, I'll make sure to get it in the beginning. Hope you have a good night.